What's poppin'? Welcome to your health class, the show about helping you lose fat, ditch your comfort zone, and then we're going to change your generation. I'm Trevor, health and nutrition coach, and today we're going to be diving into why that meal plan you might have could be completely useless. And also, Courtney, welcome to the show. Hi. I was waiting. When's my time to shine? (laughs) But before that, before we dive into it, cue that intro. I took my turmeric shot this morning, so I'm feeling pretty swell. Yeah. I've been focused on my health. Yeah. I've been tossing hundred dollar bills down with some wells. Limos in the windows, baby. I can't kiss and tell. Massive in my head, but it's not negative. Spewing on your tray. Please keep your sentiments, cause I don't need the energy you're giving up. Thank you guys for tuning in today. I appreciate you being here. And remember, if you guys like this show, if you enjoy it. The goal here is to spread this message because I I see too many meal plans out there that especially like when I first started coaching, I was giving these out a lot. But over time, it's just like realizing more and more like they're great in the beginning. Like they can really get people started off on a strong foot. But really, at the end of the day, it's not the solution. Nope. No, it's really not. So we're going to talk about why meal plans really don't work and then give you three steps to be taking to actually see progress because i mean that's what i was really uh, all about at the end of the day anyway <laughs> so really diving into it no plans just, they just don't work oh they don't tell us tell us why oh we need to get into why no okay that's the end of the podcast <laughs> goodbye they don't work sorry guys uh just eat just eat healthy <laughs> just eat healthy it, it'll come you'll be skinny in no time exactly see you're just overcomplicating no, but for real, like getting into it, you think about the way or the way I think about it anyways, is somebody gives you a meal plan and it tells you to eat this for breakfast. Um, you eat this for lunch, you eat this for dinner. You have some snack options. But is that really around you? Because just taking me, for instance, I don't have time to cook my lunch and dinner every day. Nope. Like I need that meal prepped. True. Same. Then the other side of it, I hate eating in the morning. You know, there's like, I I never eat in the morning because I just do not enjoy it. Like every once in a while, maybe, but really maybe four, five days a year (laughs) I'm eating before like the hour of 10. And then like me, on the other hand, at 6 a.m. I can pop open some pasta. (laughs) And I'm over here getting nauseous, like watching you eat pasta at (laughs) six in the morning. It's just like... Not my not my finest uh, point in life, but you know, it hurt my soul. <laughs> it truly did. <laughs> we're past it now, okay? Well, you can see, like we're two very different people, and so just to hand you and me the same meal plan, it's not going to work. Like w- we could probably follow it for a week or two, both. But after that. What's the retention on that? Yeah, we follow it at first when motivation's high and we're Mm. excited about it. And here's the funny thing is that like people come to me, oh, can you create a meal plan for me? You know, I I have no idea what to eat. I'm like, you you don't want a meal plan. They're like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) Trust me, you don't. You, I can give you ideas on what to eat, some recipes and stuff like that. But ultimately you're not going to want a meal plan. And I, I mean that you think you do, but you don't. And I mean, this isn't to say you can't like plan out your meals. I don't want to say 
So you can't do that. Like that's a great strategy, especially if you have like multiple people living in the house. Yeah. You're cooking for multiple people. Some planning ahead. That's going to, that's going to go a long way. But at the same time, that's much different from a meal plan where you're having somebody build it out for you. Or I mean, you could even build it out for yourself. But if it's not full of foods you're already eating. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's the, that's the biggest thing I see is like putting all these recipes together of stuff that you wouldn't normally eat. Like we're creatures of habit. Like yeah. one of the easiest ways of actually seeing change is going to be doing what you're already doing, which is simple switches. Mm-hmm. And I, this actually gets into like the first thing to be successful at changing your diet, adding in more nutrition is don't focus so much on swapping out everything and mm-hmm. following some exact plan, but like what areas can you swap? Can you upgrade? And this could be as simple as just like lowering some sugar here, adding some protein there. And we'll get into more of these tips later that I'll kind of explain like where, how you want to decide to make these swaps. Well, and if you're someone that like me, my meals are super basic. Mm hmm. Um, and if you, you know, like you gave me a meal plan where versus my normal, other than like seasonings, of course, like other than my normal, like five ingredients, if you give me something all of a sudden with 10 ingredients, 27 steps, like I I don't want to follow that. And I'm gonna, maybe I'll, I'll try it for the first week and then I'll get so sick of it and revert back to my old ways. Well, this is how you spend hours in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, I used to I used to try to make extravagant meals and I would literally be meal prepping for five hours. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. It, I just don't have the patience anymore. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm like, well, it's 4 p.m. Gotta gotta start it right now or else I'm not gonna I'm gonna be late to bed. <laughs> well, it's also just like hear me out, especially if you meal prepping <laughs> three, four days in the fridge. All the food kind of starts to taste the same anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and the more basic stuff usually tastes better. Like when something with too many flavors all combined into one is sitting in the fridge for four days. That's just me, but that's a little side tangent right there. Well, yeah. And then on the opposite end, you don't want it to be um, where you have chicken that's seasoned, salt, pepper, parsley, garlic, whatever, whatever you choose to put on your chicken, just some chicken and then like a veggie, you're going to get sick of that. You know, that's like so, so simple. Yeah. So like, I would hate that. (laughs) I mean, like adding in something like avocado, adding in a sauce or something, because if you really dumb it down, trying to make it super simple. Oh no. Well, obviously you want to make the food taste good, but like really going back to the, the swap and the upgrade idea, it's like, what foods are you eating right now? Like say every Tuesday you have tacos. Like it's very simple to upgrade tacos into something that's actually healthy and nutritious. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like take that super boring chicken veggie and upgrade it. Yeah. But like really just what are you eating right now? And what little upgrades or what part of it should be eating a little less? Mm-hmm. And what part should you be eating a little bit more? <laughs> It's like that is going to get you a lot farther than wiping the slate clean and trying to replace everything. I was talking to someone um, a couple of days ago 
And she was telling me about how she and her husband are having a little bit of a harder time losing weight, more mm-hmm. so her husband than her. Um, and she was telling me about the dishes she makes. And she loves to make this pasta, and the sauce is based with heavy whipping cream. And she uses, like, two cartons oh, of shoot. that. And I'm like, do you are you aware of how calorie-dense mm-hmm. heavy whipping cream is? Like, not to scare her, but... Heavy whipping cream is extremely calorie dense. Yeah. So she said, I think she uses 16 ounces of it. That is a lot of heavy whipping cream. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like me trying to make a steak. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to be like aware. And, you know, if if, I know heavy whipping cream is the ideal, but what if you can, you know, keep everything the same in what you were doing, maybe swap it for half and half or, you know, create a different kind of sauce that you like instead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't have exactly. to. Well, you can have the same dish, but just a different sauce. Yeah. Could different give sauce. you like the, a very similar experience. Maybe not. I mean, you can create a really rich dish, but like that much heavy whipping cream all the time could become a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was blown away. I was like, that's a lot. <laughs> but this kind of goes into the next part is really, you want to figure out your calories, like how much you should want to be eating. Not necessarily you need to be tracking this to the T all the time, mm-hmm. but getting a rough idea. And then even if you only track like three or four days, but if you're eating, I eat pretty similar foods on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And if you're eating pretty similar foods on a daily basis, you could just track three or four days, make sure you're in the right ballpark. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's the big thing. Cause like you could track for a couple of days, do a recipe like that and be like, Oh, Holy shit. I am going way over on calories just because I'm getting way too much fat from this heavy whipping cream right there. Yeah. And like, this will really open your eyes. You don't need to count every day. I mean, sometimes that can be good for people for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. this can just bring some awareness to like, Oh yeah. And that goes back to like my point of just be aware of what you're eating. Mm -hmm. I mean, I find rather than underestimating most people or rather than overestimating people underestimate the calories that they're eating. Um, Heavy whipping cream. Oh, it's milk. It's just thick milk. Oh. Not exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you just kind of, you know, you don't have to track your calories, but, you know, just take a look at what you're eating, get a general idea mm-hmm. and see, okay, you know, I'm eating a thousand calories of heavy whipping cream at night. Yeah. Can we cut this down? You know? Yeah. So, But I mean, honestly, if you've never tracked your calories, if you've never tracked your macros, doing it for a couple months, I can think is... I think it's one of the best things you can do because really I did this for, I've been a huge fan of intuitive eating and it's only been fairly recently. I realized the reason why I'm so good at intuitive eating now, like just being able to eat and lose weight, gain weight, maintain weight without really ever thinking about it is because I spent two years weighing every single thing that went in my (laughs) mouth, like religiously, I could not eat something unless I tracked it and weighed it. And this meant bringing sauces to restaurants. This meant bringing scales to restaurants. I was obnoxious for two years at least. And I realized now like, oh, I'm amazing at this intuitive eating because I can just kind of look and see like right about what my body needs for the day. You're right. That is obnoxious. (laughs) I was uh, a little overboard on it. Yeah. Figuring out like, your calories, the protein you need, um, the carbs and fat roughly, like that's going to change and just figuring it out based on your goals because everybody's going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. 
how your body responds to carbs is going to be a little bit different, especially I found like how much you're working out has a huge impact on mm-hmm. that. So the more you're working out, generally you can get away with more carbs. Yeah. But again, that's a deeper conversation than we're having right now. But having a rough guideline of where you want to be in there, tracking to that so you can kind of figure out like, oh, I'm having tons of carbs at this meal. What if I just lower the carbs? I double the amount of chicken I'm having. And now I'm eating the same meals, seeing better results. Mm-hmm. And you're actually like moving towards this because all of the meals I eat now, like if I were to be posting my meals on TikTok, I would be called what? Like unrealistic expectations. Um, what are the other words they use? Toxic diet culture. <laughs> all yeah. these like tags that you see floating around out there, like my meals would be called that. But this has just been slow evolutions over time. Like I just make simple swaps and then what I was eating five years ago is nothing like I have now, but I didn't notice it. I think it's good just, you know, be aware of if you have a certain amount of protein that you need to hit, you know, protein goal, become aware of, okay, what does that equate to in chicken? What does that equate to in beef, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, hey, if I want to get, I'm pulling these numbers out of my butt right now. I don't know the actual amount, but let's say like, a cup of um, shredded chicken thigh meat is 25 grams of protein. <laughs> it's just, this is pulling that number out of my butt right now. Um, then you're, then you're like, okay, so this meal, I want to have 50 grams of protein. Okay. Two cups mm-hmm. or, you know, just a set amount of chicken that, you know, you, you know, you need become familiar of protein amounts and foods. So that yeah. way you're like, you you make sure that you're hitting your goals. Yeah. I mean, the simple way I do it is I make sure I have a pound of meat at lunch, mm-hmm. a pound of meat at dinner. Each one of those has about 80 to 85 grams of protein in it. And then since I'm a relatively large fellow, I try and really, <laughs> <laughs> I try and add in, um, about 30 to 50 grams of protein on top of that. Then that's my day of eating. Mm-hmm. Solid. Yeah. So, but I mean, once you kind of start getting the hang of this, you realize, oh, I can just kind of adjust my days based on like when I want to be having my protein and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, yeah, really figuring out what swaps you can make, figuring out your calories, your macros, so you know, like, where should I be making swaps and just overall looking for higher quality? Mm-hmm. Just upping the quality a little bit, a little bit less processing can go a long way as far as actually keeping you satiated. Like keep replacing that miracle whip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the last part, it is going to be good to add in new recipes, but doing them one at a time, like that's going to be the first part of it. Then the other part of it is TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Google, wherever you're finding your recipes, there's some awesome, delicious recipes out there. Some of them look so freaking good, but realistically, how often are you going to be eating those? If you try to overhaul your whole diet in a week or like the following day, like, you know, you're, you're used to eating X, Y, Z breakfast, lunch, dinner the next day, next week, you completely overhaul it and try 17 new recipes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Exactly. Gotta do it and then especially if you're adding in all these like extremely complex recipes that are taking you a bunch of time, like you were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
just finding recipes that are simple and that you can go to very quickly. Like, like for instance, uh, for a while, I had a meatloaf recipe I'd go to because I could make three or four days worth of meatloaf and I actually enjoyed it. I ate way too much yeah. meatloaf and now I don't enjoy it anymore. <laughs> but like having the simple recipes like that you can go to. Um, so that way you can meal prep a couple days in advance or if something's coming up last minute. Like looking for recipes like that instead of just the most like hyper palatable ones you can find. Because yeah. I mean that's the other side of it too. Is this gets more into like the psychology of eating which is kind of interesting. Is say for instance if you're looking for like just the most delicious thing you can find that might not always be the best thing, even if it's healthier because mm-hmm. like the more palatable it is, like especially when you get into these like hyper palatable foods, mm-hmm. it's easy to overeat, but yeah. it also triggers more reward response in your brain. So your brain wants it more. Your brain wants to be eating more. Even if you don't need the calories. Yeah. Even if you don't need the nutrition coming from it. So it really goes into the two sides of it. And this kind of goes into more of the idea of like trigger foods as well. Cause there's some foods that I eat, like for instance, a donut. If I have one donut, <laughs> I, I don't just have one donut. <laughs> I'm going to eat as many donuts as I can see in front of me or me with, M&Ms. Me with chocolate. Yeah. I, like, especially my mom used to put out these, uh, it was like a, just, she filled up like gumball dispenser with M and M's in it. Oh yeah, mom, I, I still hate you for this. When I was uh, trying to cut while I was living <laughs> at home, but the gumball dispenser of M and M's. So you just walk by, you take a handful. It was never one handful. The second you started, oh yeah, the whole the whole machine was now getting drained. It was once you start, it's hard to stop. It's like you can resist. You're like okay, you know what? Fine, I'll give in. I'll just have two M and M's. Next thing you know, you've had two handfuls. Of M&M's. It's so Next hard. You know, you've had four bags worth of M&M's. Yeah. yeah we don't talk about it. <laughs> I'm still hold a grudge to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just like understanding like those food triggers for yourself and like adjusting that in your recipes as well for what you're looking for to make sure you're avoiding stuff like that. Because if you're finding foods like, hey, the second I eat this, I eat 10 times more than I should. Mm-hmm. This is why you need to know your calories, your macros, and all that sort of stuff. So, like, this all gives it context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these three things, these three action steps, figuring out your calories, figuring out your macros, making the simple swaps over time, finding those upgrades. Then the last part is going more off the simple recipes, finding things that are easy to go to for mainstays, like, obviously, Make some treats every once in a while, but like, what recipes are you making that you can actually, that you can actually make again and again and again, so that way you're getting to the results. On the last little note, changing one at a time, like you're talking about, yeah, like one switch at a time, it's gonna get you a lot farther than a complete overhaul. That's yeah. that's setting yourself up for failure. I'll be mm-hmm. quite honest. That's not only just like completely changing the recipes but all the but then like completely changing them to super complicated recipes Mm -hmm. so again there's there's a place for meal plans like if you're doing a very specific diet for a short period of time i can see it being useful Mm -hmm. and i can see myself doing it but really if i'm trying to change my body so i want to lose weight want to build muscle and i'm looking for a real long-term change I'm going to start with these three things. Yeah. This is going to get you a lot farther 
This is really what's going to allow you to lose that fat, build that muscle. Well, you're getting outside of your comfort zone. Then we're changing our generation. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like this, this is helpful for you. Share this with just one person. But in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, good night. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.